from some of your piece. It's titled Christian Political Ethics Are Upside Down. You write this, the church has formed its members to be adamant about policies that are difficult and contingent and flexible about virtues that are clear and mandatory. You're not kind until kindness doesn't work. You're to be kind even through the most brutal acts of repression and in the face of complete political defeat. When the world is greedy, you are generous. When the world is cruel, you are kind. When the world is fearful, you are faithful. When the world is proud, you are humble. How do you know we're Christian? By our love. Yes, we say, yes to all of this. Right until the moment when we think that our kindness, our faithfulness, or our humility carries with it a concrete political cost. We think we know what's just, and we can't do justice without power. And so in our arrogance, we think we know better than God. We can't let kindness or humility stand in the way of justice, yet we're sowing the wind and now we reap the whirlwind. The world's most Christian advanced nation is tearing itself apart and its millions of believers bear much of the blame. You know, in 2016 and 17, David, I know you heard this when you'd ask about Donald Trump, how can you support a man who's so cruel and profane and who pays off mm -hmm. porn stars after having affairs while his wife is pregnant. The laundry list is long. They say, we are electing a president, not a saint. He's gonna stand up for <laughs> us. He's gonna stand up for our way of life. And boy, has that been exposed in the last few years. Yeah, and, and I always uh, hated that, that saying because no one was arguing that we're going to be electing saints, but there's a world of a difference between holding someone to a standard of a saint and no standard at all. And this is what right. has happened is that now there has become no standard at all. You know, one of the things that I do in the piece is I contrast the movement that is dominating, for example, the MAGA right with the civil rights movement, which was Christian to its core, which was thoroughly Christian and was confronting an injustice as grotesque as Jim Crow, and yet confronted that injustice with an ethic of nonviolence, with an ethic ethic of love and of grace. I quote John Lewis in the piece to that effect. And, and here we have a MAGA movement that is proclaiming some sort of national emergency, but it's not a national emergency, anything on the scale of Jim Crow. It's not even within shouting distance of that. And yet they have utterly abandoned in many ways, even the most basic requirements of human decency. And again, in their interactions with each other, in their interactions with the political opponents, uh, in their interactions with truth. And this is this is turning that Christian political ethic utterly upside down. Look, look that, that was Steve Stern and Dan Schultz. Just go to the site. We have a unique opportunity to destroy the Democratic Party as a national political institution from school boards to county commissions yes. to state legislatures yes. to the House and Senate. But we have to deliver. And once we win the House, do we have a better Speaker of the House than MTG? Look at that. <laughs> That's amazing. Courage. Are we going to need her as Speaker of the House to take it to the Democrats? All right. We got to We got to bring. I got to get Jeff on here. Oh, no, for the thing, but well, I got a plane to catch. Yeah, we, we I got a plane have, to we catch. We have to go. But you, <laughs> do you believe the machine's got to go? I'm a machine guy. It's yeah, go. Steve's a machine guy now. <laughs> if we convince it, him. It only Roger took. It, already a machine it, gal. It, it, oh, only, yeah. it only took eight hours, but I'm there. <laughs> you guys are terrific. You're the backbone of the country. Remember, on November 8th, we got to win, we have to close, and then the hard work starts. The, in the hard work starts. And I promise you, I will be there holding our party accountable to get the job done for all of you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. I want to tell. I want to tell. Yeah. How about with the communication to the country, Marjorie and Steve have gotten the word out. God bless you both. I would have said anything. I'm just kidding. Uh, Monday, 22 August, 2022. That was the summit. And uh, Mike Lindell, I think we left at nine o'clock after the audience had been there at nine o'clock. Since nine o'clock in the first part of the show was the Great Awakening. Uh, Mike was there until midnight. It was unbelievable. Just uh, we're going to get into a lot of that that the day we want to start tomorrow's um you know we're, we're still grinding here and tomorrow is two huge primaries in florida and new york I want to go to florida anna paulina luna in uh, florida 13 
Uh, she's running through a tape. Uh, Air Force veteran. This morning, uh, where there, there, there's a big, a, a big uh, turn, a, a turnout or, or event in this campaign that happened this morning. Can you tell us what it was, uh, Anna Paulina? Oh yeah, I was actually just recently on with Mike Falta. So he has one of the biggest radio shows in Tampa Bay, and he actually dropped a photo where one of my opponent appears to be in a photo, or I guess advertising with porn stars. There's some context has information, but. You know, it's interesting. So many people, when they're running in these open Republican seats, they try to say, you know, that they're Christian, conservative, etc. And then they'll really be establishment plants that are working against the America First candidate and come to find out these people are being exposed left and right. So I think when you're fighting for the right things, the truth always comes out. And we fully intend to bring home the win tomorrow evening. Anna, uh, answer me this. Yesterday at the at the uh, conference, you know, we spent the first day going through the 50 states and yesterday going through the machines. But in the morning, there was a prayer session and, uh, you know, p- talking about the Great Awakening and this concept of Christian nationalism. The guy that just opened on Morning Joe, that that's David French. We call him around here President French because, believe it or not, that guy actually did run for president against Donald Trump. The ego of these guys is unbelievable. He actually ran for president. We always refer to him as President uh, President French. Um, what, what about his hit on, um, on Christians actually getting involved? Uh, you know, since this, this is a Judeo Christian nation, Christians getting involved actively in politics. It, it's got the left's, the progressive left's head is blowing up right now, calling us all right wing Christian nationalists. Well, what's your, what's your, what's your feelings and what are the feelings of folks down in your district? I mean, I can tell you that there's a lot of pastors that are now getting involved. People forget that during the Revolutionary War, you had the black, the was it the Black Order pastors that were the black robes that were basically fighting alongside the revolutionaries. But ultimately, many churches now, you can't really say that you are a Christian and not get politically involved because you have one party, the Republican Party, that is protecting life, that is protecting the right for freedom of religion. And then you have another party, the Democrat Party, that is pushing everything that stands against what our Christian values are. I tell people many a times that they started attacking the Hispanic demographic because we are extremely, extremely Catholic, extremely conservative. And they started saying that that was an issue. Now they're using that and they're going after the churches. And they will weaponize a 501c3 status and attempt to remove these statuses of churches that are becoming political. But, you know, part of the reason why we're an amazing country is because we have our freedom of religion. That's why the pilgrims founded the United States. And frankly, I'm really excited to say that I am unapologetically Christian. I'm unapologetically conservative. And I plan to be a voice for this demographic once I get to D.C. What about, um, tell me about the rally on Friday, MTG, because she left uh, your rally, uh, I think she went to Sabatini's, and then she came, she spent all day Sunday uh, in, in Springfield with the summit. Uh, talk to us about the rally on, on, on Friday, particularly, I, something came up at the end about your service, I mean, you, you've served your country with honor, uh, yes. and I know these smear tactics, as, as you get down to the end, the, the, the mud really starts flying. Walk us through what MTG said from the stage. Well, we had over a thousand people that showed up to our event. So for any congressional race, that's pretty unheard of. It was an incredible rally. But, you know, as she was driving to see us, there were political operatives that were texting her. These are people that claim to be tied to President Trump, of which they're not. They're just grifting. But they were texting Marjorie Taylor Greene saying that I was never in the military. And I actually sent uh, Marjorie my DD-214, which is my service record. And I also sent her my guard record, which is something that I never publicly released. Because I thought, you know, if these people are dirty, they're going to try to say that I didn't serve honorably or that I got out early. So I showed her that as well. And she lit these people up on stage. She said, how dare you attack a service member? Anna ought to sue you guys. And she called them out to their face. So this is public notice. If you attack my service, I will sue you because I did serve honorably. And how dare you attack my service? Anna, t- tell us where you're going to be today, how people get to the campaign, how they follow you on social media. Well, we'll be door knocking all day today, but we will be out at the polls tomorrow. You can follow me and what I'm doing on the campaign trail at Vote APL or Real Ana Paulina. We are very excited about this race. Again, I'm the only Trump endorsed candidate in Pinellas County. I'm pro-life, pro-God, pro-gun, and anti-globalist. And I actually am running against people that are well-funded by dark money. So remember, these seats are incredibly important. We're one of the only or few open Republican seats here in the state of Florida. And when I win, we are going to be going to Washington, D.C. and joining the Freedom Caucus. No, I tell you, it'd be one of MTG's wingmen. This is why it's so important, particularly for the establishments coming in hard. So Anna, uh, Polina, Luna, uh, good luck today knocking on doors. And we'll follow this closely on your social media. Thank you.
one of the young warriors that are out there. And I got to tell you, at the summit, it was absolutely amazing. One of the best things I've ever been to. CPAC in the summit, almost back-to-back. Incredible. Mike Lindell's going to be on later. Uh, the, 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 the trial of machines was excellent, but I got to tell you, the 50 states would have blown you away. Uh, the, the roll call of states and the, and the level, we got to meet virtually every state group yesterday uh, or for the two days that have presented we're going to have we're going to have every all 50 states on here over the next three or four weeks we're going to fit them in in parts of every show it's just absolutely incredible uh, what people have found and i keep telling people some of the red estates montana alabama utah you'd be shocked about the 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 voting uh, really the process of voting the voter rolls the, the canvassing it's it's out of control and these people are setting it right let's go to mike davis mike what updates the the um Liz Harrington, the president's comm director, was at the summit for two days. She was our guest yesterday in our special Sunday edition with Real America's Voice. And she said this week the president's going on offense. I think you had mentioned something 41G. I think that's kind of in people's minds now. Could could you walk us through where we stand this morning as you see it? We had the Thursday hearing, but also uh, what about the president going on legal offense, sir? Yeah, so uh, again, this uh, the president of the United States has the absolute constitutional authority to declassify anything he wants for any reason he wants in any manner he wants, and he does not have to report to Congress or any bureaucrat. He does not have so, to. So, 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 so Mike, Mike, hang on right there, because I got guys on MSNBC and Fox nonstop saying that, oh, no, there's all kind of procedures and processes, and he didn't do it, and you got to have these processes, and there's certain things that are actually above that, and he can't do it. I mean, it's just nonstop. The MSNBC, it's all day long, right? So what what do you say to those guys? Because they're rolling out, you know, their heaviest guns on this very specific point. What would Mike Davis say to them? I would say that they should go look up a 1988 Supreme Court case called Department of the Navy versus Egan, where the Supreme Court made very clear, reaffirmed that the president of the United States as the commander in chief has the inherent constitutional power to declassify anything he wants in any manner he wants for any reason he wants. And he doesn't have to report to Congress or any bureaucrat or jump through their hoops. And he has power separate from any statute or any regulation, the Espionage Act or any other statute or any other regulation that deals with classified records applies to everyone else on the planet except for the sitting president of the United States, period, full stop. I guarantee you that that is right. I guarantee you that's the position the Supreme Court will take because that's what they took in 1988 and they reaffirmed prior cases. And the reason is that the president has the, the president has that power under the Constitution. So a Congress or a bureaucrat does not get to trump constitutional power with a statute or a regulation. So I, I, I'm telling you that I'm right on this. And uh, I think that they're, they're even starting to acknowledge the smart people on the left, the non-hacks on the left are starting to acknowledge this. And the reason I know that I'm right, why didn't Attorney General Merritt Garland Go to the Office of Legal Counsel at the Justice Department, OLC, which is the de facto general counsel for the executive branch, and get a legal opinion before he ordered this unprecedented, unnecessary, and unlawful home raid. And uh, he, he, he leaked, Merrick Garland leaked to the press. He thought he was helping him. It actually hurt him. He leaked to the press that he deliberated on this decision whether to order this home raid for weeks. Well, if he had weeks to deliberate on this decision, he had time to get an OLC opinion. And the reason that Merrick Garland did not get an OLC opinion is because he knows that OLC would take the position that I'm saying, which is that the president has the inherent constitutional power to declassify anything he wants because that's what the Supreme Court said in 1988. Separate from that, the president has the sole statutory power to determine whether something is a presidential record that belongs to the government that almost certainly goes back to the former president's library after it's categorized, or if that record is a personal record. And that is confirmed by an Obama judge in the District of Columbia in 2012, when there was a dispute between Tom Fitton and Ju- Judicial Watch and President Clinton over audio tapes of the Clinton presidency that Bill Clinton had in his sock. So okay, hang it's on not on a classic. Hang, yeah, hang, hang on one second, Mike. I want to finish this conversation on the other side. Mike Davis from Article 3, citing cases and uh, referring to cases. Next in the war room. We rejoice in-
You know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there's been an unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time fully understand, end quote. You know who understands the real threat of inflation? People who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They're protecting their savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying their 401k or IRA into gold, physical gold. It's not too late for you to take action now. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. And get the real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation information kit on protecting your savings with gold. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, Remember, go to, particularly for all the college kids going back, the people you're bundling off. Remember, keep their soccer trophies, but make sure you kit them out when they go to school. Uh, MyPillow.com, promo code War Room. Sales everywhere. Buy one, get one free. You got sheets, you got pillows, towels, slippers robes, everything they need to make sure that all they can focus on is their studies, as you know, people in college do. So make sure you bundle them off, kit them out, go to mypillow.com, promo code warm, get the best deals, the best sales, the best buy one, get one's freeze. So go there, check it out today. Um, and I want to thank Mike Lindell, just an extraordinary, the summit was absolutely amazing. We'll talk more about that later. Let's go to Anthony Sabatini. We're staying in Florida. The huge uh, primary tomorrow, particularly for these MAGA candidates, are running hard through the tape, the Trump-endorsed candidates. Anthony Sabatini, Florida 7. Anthony, you've now, I think, officially set a record for us. It's the first time we've seen you not in a car. But we, we were actually questioning where the house was in the district or if the car was your residence. Talk to us about that. Well, Steve, usually I'm out in the field knocking doors. Our campaign uh, actually broke the state record for door knocking. We hit 103,000 physical households, which is by far a state record. I don't know anybody who's hit 50,000, which is why I'm always usually in the car. Today, I get to relax just for a little bit, do some media hits, and I'm here in my beautiful little house that was built a couple years ago. And, uh, not hold, hold, hold it. When did your guys, with 103,000 doors you knocked on and your team made personal contact or, or left a hanger with a, uh, with, a, with a voter, with a citizen? 103 physical, 103,000 physical houses we hit, 60,000 houses, by gated communities down here. So we hit 60,000 ungated houses and then hit the same houses another 45, 47,000 times on top of the. Uh, we hit 45,000 of the 60,000 a second time. It is by far a state record. Nobody's ever done that. We had 25 full-time canvassers this whole time. Uh, we kind of kept it quiet, didn't broadcast our moves to our enemies, but this is what we've been focused on. I personally hit close to 5,000. My wife hit another 4,000. And uh, that's what we've been That's what we've been doing, getting the message to the people. We don't do what they call lit dropping. We don't just drop it off on the door handle. We actually knock on the door, talk to the voters. We, hit, we talked to 27,000 individual people. In this race, and that's why when the McCarthy and Swamp money came in against me, the 1.4 million, it really hasn't changed the polls that much because people already knew me. They knew me. They knew my team. They know the guys, the MAGA guys. They walk around with a MAGA hat and a Sabatini shirt at every door, and so they they weren't swayed by the false ads. No, this is the way that MAGA has to run because you're always going to be the the establishment is always going to have more money. As you went around and actually made the contact with the 27,000. Tell me what the district is telling Anthony Sabatini about the nation and the direction of the nation. Well, they're extremely angry generally at the Biden administration. They're mad at the Biden administration and they're mad the public aren't fighting hard enough. They always want real solutions. They don't want to hear messaging. They say, what are you going to do? What are you committing to do? Uh, you know, they're very suspicious of most Republicans. Uh, 
thankfully, in my little trifold pamphlet, I demonstrated everything that I've done for the last four years. In fact, I tell them, I say, listen, the fact that this congressional district even exists is because guys like DeSantis and the War Room Posse pushed to get through a good congressional map that are good for the country, good for the state, and not being weak like the, some of the legislators in Florida originally wanted to do, which was going to create three new Democrat seats. So, you know, that sort of uh, actual physical manifestation of, of what we've done, you know, telling them, listen, you know, this seat's in play because we had strong people who have been fighting, along with all the other rest of the record, you know, how it helped get rid of the state vaccine mandate that exists on the books and stop the COVID tyranny here in Florida, uh, stop the insane critical race theory, uh, fight for all different types of conservative forms, parental rights, um, things like that. Uh, stop the Biden crime wave. We passed a bill to stop the lawless rights that existed during the George Floyd uh, uh, crazy riots that uh, erupted in 2020. People see the record, and that's why they've been uh, attracted to my campaign over the folks that talk about some of the issues but don't have the record of actual demonstrated fighting. Anthony, as you're out and about today, how can people follow you on social media and how they still find out more about the campaign? This campaign is a total grassroots campaign. This is a classic Anthony Anna Polina, the you know, it's just like the Joe Kent. You're always going to get hammered. You're always going to get hammered with uh, with more money. So how do people find you? Sabatini4congress.com is the website. Sabatini4congress.com. And the social media handle and also forms of social media is at Anthony Sabatini. They can reach out. Uh, any last-minute donations or help, if you know uh, friends or family in the district here in Seminole and Volusia counties, give them a call, give them a text, let them know what's going on, and uh, hope they're in their support. I appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. MAGA's ascendant, Anthony Sabatini, running in Florida 7. Thank you very much. Okay, by the way, lots of numbers, a poll over the weekend that showed that uh, 74% of the country think we're on the wrong track, 38%, I think no, over 40% think America's best days are in back of it. We'll never turn this thing around. Super depressing numbers, except for MAGA, who knows that we're fighting through this. We're going to take control here before too long and set things right, as we say. Also, uh, natural gas hit a 14-year high today. Uh, Citibank said in England they expect 18.6% inflation right now. Uh, of course, the VIX uh, for the market opens today on fire. So a lot of turbulence in the second hour. We're going to have Philip Patrick from Birch Gold, Dr. Peter Navarro, and our own Dave Walsh on energy, this energy situation. Uh, ben Harnwell is going to join us here really for this energy situation and take down the German government. I've been saying this forever. Take down other governments too. Let me go back to Mike Davis about the situation in, in, uh, in Mar-a-Lago. Mike, I, it, in, over the weekend, Mike, at the summit, with thousands of, of patrons there for the weekend, I had so many great compliments about you. And what people really appreciate is how you break down certain things that other people on TV don't do. So they really understand this whole kind of Supreme Court system and the judicial system. The, and so nomenclature is very important for us. I want to go back to OLC. This is one of the most, and I didn't even know OLC existed. I'm not a lawyer uh, until I got into the White House. And then it hit me. Given my years at Goldman Sachs and hostile takeovers in M&A, you, you have the best law firms in the country on M&A, whether it's Wachtell Lippin, Lipton or Cravath or Davis Polk or Sullivan and Cromwell. And they are in the investment banker at the board. They always write what's called fairness opinions along with the investment bank to protect uh, to give uh, protection to the board of directors that they, you know, they they fulfilled their fiduciary responsibility. OLC is essentially the in-house law firm for the Justice Department. You, as you always do, you, you have focused right on the smoking gun in this situation. If Merrick Garland, when he was whining to the Washington Post and trying to be like Hamlet, right? He was just, this thing was so, so incredibly important. He really had to think, you know, his, his brow was knitted and he, and he prayed and he really thought about it for weeks and weeks and weeks. Your point is, hey, there's Supreme Court cases out here. Where's OLC? You have an in-house law firm. And I want you to tell people, how th this is the elite of the elite in the Justice Department. Tell us about OLC and, and why the smoking gun here is why there's not an OLC opinion to back up Merrick Garland's rash, uh, illegitimate and illegal move, sir. So, yeah, as, as we talked about, Merrick Garland sought an unprecedented, unnecessary and unlawful home raid of a former president, a former president who also happens to be the number one political enemy of Merrick Garland's boss. And before Merrick Garland did this. He said he leaked 
to the to the media that he deliberated for weeks. He's trying to do damage control because he realizes that he screwed up by ordering this raid. So he he leaked out that he was very deliberative when he did this. Well, if he deliberated for weeks on this unprecedented, unnecessary, and unlawful home raid where he went to a biased judge, magistrate judge Bruce Reinhardt, and got an Ill, uh, illegal home raid from a biased judge, why didn't he take the time to go to the Office of Legal Counsel within his own Justice Department or OLC? These are the best and brightest lawyers in America, uh, top students from top law schools, best clerkships, including on the Supreme Court. This is essentially the mini Supreme Court for the executive branch. Their opinions at OLC are binding on the executive branch, and that is I would imagine precisely why Merrick Garland did not get an opinion from OLC while he was deliberating for weeks before ordering this unlawful, unnecessary uh, home raid, unprecedented home raid of, of President Trump. And the reason is, is there is case law that is clearly on point here. Number one, the Supreme Court in 1988 reaffirmed that as commander in chief, the president of the United States has the inherent constitutional power separate from statutory authority, separate from regulations. He doesn't have to get Congress Congress's permission or a bureaucrat who works for him. He doesn't have to get that bureaucrat's permission to declassify anything he wants for any reason he wants uh, in any manner he wants, right? So there's that, there's that uh, 1988 Egan case. So there goes the Espionage Act violations that Merrick Garland are looking at because it's impossible as a matter of law for the president to violate the Espionage Act by declassifying records. And a good example of that is in 2012, March 2012, President Obama leaned over to the uh, dictator of Russia, the president of Russia, our enemy, and he got caught on a hot mic. Obama got caught on a hot mic telling the Russian president that Obama would have more negotiating room after the presidential election in 2012. That is highly classified material. That is certainly detrimental to America for Russia to have that information. But the reason that the president of the United States, in that case, Obama, could not be charged under the Espionage Act for that is because he is the president. He is the ultimate declassifier. The authority comes from him constitutionally, and it's delegated to others via statute and regulation. So the statutes and regulations apply to everyone else on the planet except for the president of the United States. And then the other reason that Merrick Garland should have got an OLC opinion is because it is the other charge that they're, they're looking at is that President Trump stole or misused or destroyed government property. Well, if you look at this 2012 decision from an Obama judge in the district court, uh, Tom, Fitton, Tom Fitton at Judicial Watch sued President Clinton because he had tapes of his presidency in his sock drawer. And this was uh, uh, John Solomon at Judicial Watch who found this, so credit to him for this. But what this Obama judge said is, is that he has the sole statutory authority to determine whether this is a presidential record that belongs to the government and then is given back to the president's former library or it's his personal record. Mike, hang on for one second. We'll hold you briefly through the break. Uh, ben Harden was going to join us um, all next in the war room. Americans are discovering that if we want to change this nation, we have to change the way the marketplace works. Look, woke corporations are seeking to divide us. Big banks are freeing the, freezing the accounts of people who disagree with their political views. And our supply chain is dependent upon countries that actively work against our values, like the Chinese Communist Party. It's time for a change. And that change starts with you and your wallet. That's why I'm proud to partner with Public SQ the largest network of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses and consumers our nation has ever seen. Public SQ is the first app to connect freedom-loving Americans with their local community and the businesses that share their values. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that can never cancel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. And here's the best part of it. It's absolutely free to join. Just download the Public SQ app from the Apple Store or Google Play. Create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can support you. Download the app today. Public SQ. That's Public SQ. Public SQ. Go to the Apple App Store or Google Play. Take action. Do this today. 
In verse 7, it says something very significant, and I want you to really pay attention to this, because this is going to give you great hope for what God is doing and what the future will hold. It says in verse 7 of Judges 5, the inhabitants of the village, they didn't fight, they held back. Now watch this word that somehow pops off the pages of our Scripture. As our as we look at it, it says, until, underline, circle, highlight the word until. Notice Everything was getting off course. War in the gates. They forgot the name of their God. They were getting off the main road and the main issues of what made them great, what God blessed. And then there's this word, until. In other words, there's always an until moment that happens with God. It may be dark. It may seem like that evil prevails. But I promise you we are in that until moment that God Himself is injecting Himself in America. God is stepping in and He's looking for us to do what? Step up. That's exactly what Deborah did. She began to arise, the Bible says, as a mother in Israel. Now, here are four things, if you're taking notes, that God is looking in the process of doing. The first thing that we see in Judges 5, of how God began to get the country, the nation back, is He raised up judges. The Bible says that Deborah, Judges 4, was a judge. So you see in verse 7 of Judges 5 that I just read to you, that she arose as a mother. She was a judge. So what God is going to do in the United States of America is He's going to begin to see great victories. Things that we've been fighting for. Things that we've been believing for. Things that they ignored before in the courts. They're now going to have to acknowledge because God's hands on them. And there's going to come judges of the land, judges that are going to arise. The courts are going to begin to shift in this nation. And there are going to be great victories that God is going to bring through the judges of the land. Welcome back to the Warm. That's yesterday in the summit, the Great Awakening, a portion of that that was in the morning. I want to go back to Mike Davis. Mike. As OMB is to the administration, you know, and we have Russ vote on the time, the last uh, head of OMB for President Trump. I keep saying outside of chief of staff, director of OMB is the second most important job uh, next to president um, or, or secretary. You got chief of staff, then OMB. OLC is essentially the OMB of the entire justice apparatus. Am I correct, sir? Yeah, they are. Their their decisions are binding on the executive branch. So what they say as a matter of law is binding on the executive branch. And by the way, and so to President Trump, remember the travel ban we did in the first couple of weeks of uh, of the uh, of the administration. We had an OLC opinion, and President Trump. This is why President Trump didn't want to back off the first travel ban. Remember, Madison guys talking about taking Iraq. Their boys are fighting with us. It was all BS, right? This is just Madison and. Uh, and Tillerson, complete weaklings, uh, wanting to cave. Trump says, "Hey, I got an opinion. I got a, I got an opinion from OLC, and of, of course, the Supreme Court verified that when the travel ban was uh, was uh, was blessed." Mike Davis, uh, they talk about the special master. Talk about all kind of offensive moves. Do you see a lot of offense? That you've got the big hearing on Thursday. President Trump says he wants to make the whole thing. Uh, uh, you know, accountable uh, 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 and apparent, and so people can kind of see everything, right? Totally, uh, you know, open to everybody. He wants to release all the videos. What do you think is going to happen this week? So I think with this hearing, you're going to see that the Biden Justice Department and this biased U.S. Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhardt both have a vested interest in in making sure that that the material that was in this affidavit doesn't see the light of day. So they're going to they're gonna redact everything. They're going to over-redact. Uh, Bruce Reinhardt and the Biden Justice Department need to cover their tracks. They, they, they sought and authorized an unprecedented, unnecessary, and unlawful uh, home raid of a, of a former president. So I don't think they're going to redact much. I think what President Trump and his lawyers need to do is file a Rule 41G motion under the Federal Rules of Criminal Procedure. It's a motion to get his property returned. And as part of that motion, you can tee up these legal issues we've discussed, like the president's uh, absolute constitutional authority to declassify, his absolute statutory authority to determine whether presidential records belong to him or if they belong, if they're a presidential record that belongs to the government and, and gets categorized. Let me get this right. Biden and these guys talk about transparency all the time. 
Trump, who had the raid and the ransacking done on him, he's going forward and says he wants total transparency. Why would the government not concede that? Why do we have to redact anything? And you made the point, this could be done. If Mike Davis was there, you could have sat down with the Justice Department lawyer. Am I correct? And you've looked at the documents. It would take you a couple of hours to figure this out, the redaction. They're taking a week. Well, isn't it a bizarre position where the guy that gets the, the, the weight dropped on him is saying, let's be totally transparent? He's supposed to be the greatest criminal in the history of the United States. Remember, it's so urgent. For national security purposes, it's so urgent right, of, of, of the nuclear codes or to get his passport, which is they want to put their hands on and rummage around there, either plant stuff or figure out something else that's going on. It's so urgent. That, isn't it odd that Trump wants to be transparent and the government's taking a whole week sitting there with the, with the blackout pens? Mike, have you ever seen a situation like this? This is unprecedented territory, uh, certainly. And like you said, President Trump is the target of this. He wants it out there, get it out there. If you need to... If you need to redact the name, the names, fine, redact the names. And if you have to redact some sources and methods, uh, you know, some methods separate from the names, great. You know, you, you can consider that, but they're just going to take a, they're going to take the blackout pen to the whole damn thing. We're not going to see uh, the, the fraud, the political shred that they, uh, that they, that they did here to go get these records. There's, there's no legal basis for this home rate. They know it. They, they know, they know that this judge is biased. He just recused on June 22nd from Trump's civil lawsuit versus Hillary Clinton. He should have recused this time. It's unclear why he did not recuse this time. That could be part of the Rule 41G motion. They, they know that President Trump has this absolute constitutional power to declassify. They know he has this absolute statutory power to determine whether something's a, a personal record or a presidential record. So the love notes from the North Korean president, do they belong to Trump or do they belong to the government and get sent back to Trump's library, right? There are, are so many issues. They've been lying all along. They lied to Newsweek that uh, President that Attorney General Merrick Garland did not authorize this raid. Well, he has since had to admit that he did. They just keep lying. They they're saying that that Trump had the nuclear launch codes essentially. They had nuclear documents. Well, if he had those, why didn't they go get them for eighteen months, right? And if if if, if he had them, why did the, why did Merrick Garland deliberate for weeks to get this? Uh, to authorize this uh, home raid search warrants application. And if they, if you had these nuclear documents, why did they wait three days after the magistrate judge authorized the raid to go get the documents? It's just nonsense. If they had the nuclear documents, how come the inventory of the material they, they went and raided, how come they don't have Q-level classification on, on that inventory? They have TS, TSSCI, and SAP. They have every other classification. Why not Q, which is the, the Department of Energy classification for, for the nuclear documents. This is this is bogus what they've done here. It's legally bogus. It's politically bogus. They know it and they're trying to cover it up. Mike, how do people get to you in Article 3 and how do they get to you on social media? It's article3project.org, article3project.org and on my getter, uh, Twitter and Truth at, uh, at article3project, at article3project and then my personal is at mrddmia, mrddmia. Thank you, Steve. Mike, thanks for taking the time this morning. Okay, um, remember that's all a misdirection play to try to try to crush Trump and stop. It's totally political, but there's so much signal going on in the world. Number one, a major assassination attempt over the weekend. We reported yesterday on the show that we did Sunday morning from the summit about Alexander Dugan. He is the geostrategist. That's kind of the uh, intellectual thinker of this Eurasian landmass strategy of uh, Putin. Let's go to we let's have a cold open or bring in Ben Harmwell from Rome. Пиздец, короче, мы едем по дороге, и просто сзади нас ебейший взрыв. Ебать. Ебать. Это, походу, ебать. Это, походу, это, блядь. Okay, that was the assassination of uh, the daughter of Dugan, trying to get Dugan over his car. Let's go to uh, Ben Harnwell. Ben, a lot of news over the weekend. Zelensky, uh, the European nations have cut him off. The July 
uh, the July numbers for him to have uh, aid sent to him did not come from, I believe, any European nation. There's all kind of discussion now about the corruption there, what's happening to the weapons that are going, are they being funneled back. Walk us through Zelensky, Ukrainian intelligence, CIA involvement, all of it, sir, in this uh, takedown of Dugan, uh, the inner circle of uh, of Putin. Good morning, Steve. Well, of course, you're absolutely right. Um, not a single European Union member state has given any fresh support to Ukraine for the whole month of July. But don't worry, I, I know you. Hold, hold on, hang, hang on, hold, hold. I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure you repeat that because we're going to have Philip Patrick, Dave Walsh, Navarre in in the second hour talking about economics throughout the world as stuff starts to crash, particularly the German economy, natural gas in the U.S. All-time 14-year high today. This is before this LNG factory comes on. I have people that are major owners of natural gas resources in this country say the, the number in the country is going to go to 12 bucks plus when that LNG facility comes on that really supports Europe. Uh, I want to just repeat this because the mainstream media is not reporting it. All these commitments and all the European nations and all the stuff you got your nose, we got our nose rubbed into, not one nation in Europe made their commitments to Ukraine for the month of July. And here's the reason. It is the most third most corrupt nation on earth. There's all coming un unwound there. You see it. Nobody knows where this cash is going. You see all these reports from the front line. You don't know if the Ukrainian troops are getting it, or if the weapons are being funneled back to criminal gangs as the oligarchs make money. The Europeans are the ones that shut them off. Ben Harnwell. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. And I know you're concerned for the Zelensky regime. Uh, you're worried about where the money is going to come from. Well, I've got some great news for you so you can relax on this front, Steve, because President Biden pledged $500 million around um, seven, eight days ago, and of course, so days ago, pledged a further $750 million. So, so the money's not going to win out just yet, even though, as you've just confirmed, not a single European Union member state made any fresh pledges of support for the whole month of July. America is always there to step in and keep the um, keep the, 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 the tawdry, corrupt system going. I've got some more. Perhaps I, I should give way for the break, and then I'll, I'm going to come back and give some analysis on the um, on the assassination just, just, of uh, Just real, real quickly before the – we're going to go to break, but just real quickly on the assassination. Is this a, a big story in, in Europe? It was a big story over the weekend, but is this a big story this morning, particularly the official – party line on the you know taking it to the uh, a soft target to the inner circle of of putin is it a big story in all the european newspapers absolutely is, steve it means really since saturday evening uh probably more due to yesterday when when further news came in uh that newspapers could start to print with a degree of courage but it was pretty much the leading story uh, across all of the major european newspapers yesterday and I'm gonna go. I'll give you okay. the break, and then I, and then I'll I want you. Yeah, I, I want you to give your analysis. Let's take. Let's take a short break. We got Ben Harnwell in Rome. Um, we've also going to have a, a huge story in Mother Jones today about how uh, mothers for moms for liberty are the new face of the Republican Party and the most powerful women in the nation. So we got Tiffany Justice. We're gonna have a tons of economic analysis as um, as the uh, world's markets finally catch up with the underperforming economies. Okay, short break. Ben Harnwell from Rome on the update on what's happening on the border that uh, Biden's focused on. That's the Eastern Russian speaking border of Ukraine. All next in the war room. has arrived the new social media taking on big tech protecting free speech and canceling cancel culture join the marketplace of ideas the platform for independent thought has arrived superior technology no more selling your personal data no more censorship no more cancel culture enough getter has arrived it's time to say what you want the way you want download now Okay, welcome back. Uh, let's go to the uh, Ukraine, European. Now we got natural gas uh, ex exploding because of supply. You got oil dropping because of recession fears. It is turmoil. We're going to get it all sorted in the in the second hour of this. I want to go to Ben Harnwell. Ben, walk us th this. Uh, I, I've said from day one since Jonathan Swan gave that interview of Axios, gave the interview at the World Economic Forum in Davos of Zelensky, 
and Zelensky's lecturing the war room, specifically us, because he realized we were the anti-escalation uh, voice in America, right? With Mike Pompeo and, quite frankly, Tom Cotton embarrassing themselves about how they, they like little boys, jumped into this thing and didn't think through the geopolitical, you know, second and third order issues here. Um, when he lectured us about reading the memoirs, uh, you know, you haven't read enough memoirs of World War II. Hey, dude, I've forgotten more. You're an actor. I've forgotten twice the amount about World War II that you'll ever know, right? And I realized I was grandfather fought. Hey, fine. I'm glad your grandfather fought in the war. It's fantastic. We know that 10 times better than you. And I told you, you should read the best and the brightest about a guy named Pres President Diem in Vietnam. Because when the CIA's finished with you, they throw you to the side like trash. And this assassination has all the earmarks of not the Ukrainian intelligence, has all the earmarks of CIA. And Alexander Burns, the head of the CIA, needs to come forward immediately and let the world know that the CIA had absolutely nothing to do with this Ben Harnwell. You know, Steve, you've just basically killed my buried lead. Um, one of the theories, one of the three theories um, into this assassination um, comes from a former Russian member of parliament um, who's now um, in Kiev called Ilya Ponomarev. Now, he said that this um, assassination was due to the work of an organization called the National Republican Army, which is an anti-Putin front working behind the scenes on Russian territory. Um, and reading up about this, the, 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 this organization, I have to say it's got Langley's fingerprints all over it, if, if this is the correct hypothesis. Um, the other theory, leading theory, um, of course, in fairness, I have to note that, that, the, that the Ukrainians have come out and, and absolutely very strongly um, denied any involvement in this, as, you, as you'd expect them to do. They're saying that they're not a terrorist uh, state. And, and the other theory is uh, from the Russian um, Secret Service. Uh, their intelligence says it was a female um, operative, a Ukrainian operative, um, who has already fled into Estonia. So those are the three principal explanations um, circulating right now. What I'd like to say is to break this down a moment is that there's a Russian expression that the, um, the Kremlin has many towers. And what that means is not just because the old Secretary General of, of, of the Soviet Union said something um, or something took place, it did mean that the Secretary General was literally behind it, pushing it. There are a lot of people involved um, behind the scenes. And I would say that's even more so looking at today's Ukraine, which a lot of people call um, an oligarchy. Um, but I think a fairer term would simply be to call it a thugocracy. Um, now, we know that Zelensky isn't um, a career politician. He came in on the back of an oligarch called Ihor Kolomoisky, who has since been sidelined, the, the, the wealthiest man then in Ukraine. And, and looking at how these, you know, to give an idea to a non-Eastern European um, viewer on this, on, on what it means to say that Ukraine is a bureaucracy, it's basically saying that, what I mean by that is that if you take the top 200 people of power and influence behind the media in Ukraine, they're, um, they're not like the very worst of politicians that we have in the state or in the UK. They're like Don Corleone. If you imagine a country where the, the all the decisions are made by, by, by people like Don Corleone from, from The Godfather. That gives you an idea of, of, of why this country in 2015 was, was ranked by The Guardian newspaper as the most corrupt country in Europe. Um, it's an absolute disaster. So what I want to say here, this is really important, this is, this is my point, okay? What I'd like to say is that it might perfectly be proof that Zelensky had nothing to do with this. Um, but there are more than enough people who are behind Zelensky who ensure that his presidency continues. These are the people that hold the power. And as much as the president does hold power, there are also these people around him who hold the power. And, and, and you know, they're all called 10%. It's in their interest that this war yeah. continues. I don't think. Uh, and and yes, fact, I, I got that. But I don't, I, don't th I don't think Zelensky had anything to do with this. I think they're setting this thing up. Look, Zelensky's worn out his welcome. Tom, they leaked to Tom Friedman three or four weeks ago that the White House, they're trying to distance themselves from Zelensky. Zelensky is like, he's just the new Tony Fauci, right? These guys, they try to make them media stars to propel their lies, and then when they wear themselves out, where's, where's Tony Fauci right now? 
They're cutting him loose because they understand we're coming from Fauci for the investigation starting in January. So Tony Fauci's not up there talking about the president's uh, having a COVID. He's not out defending this scathing report on CDC. He's not defending the CDC. Same with Zelensky. Zelensky is getting to be inconvenient, just like DM got to be inconvenient. And what Zelensky crossed the line is when he started inviting the CCP in to have talks about how you make Ukraine a bridge into Europe. He's looking for a new sponsor. He's looking for a new sponsor. He's trying to leverage it, looking for because he understands his current sponsor is going to get too much political pressure from the war room because Europe has basically said, we're not sending any more money to these corrupt SOBs. They're taking the weapons and funneling them back to, this is the Financial Times told us that, they're funneling the money, the weapons back into the gangs of Europe and making uh, security in Italy and France and these countries harder. And they're skimming all the cash off the top. Nobody knows where that $8 billion or $10 billion a month is going, right? And now you got Zelensky, his own people on it, because Zelensky said, yeah, I didn't tell anybody about the imminent invasion. I didn't tell anybody about the CIA information. You think the CIA likes that? Hey, we gave you this information. You didn't do anything because you thought you had a better idea not tell the Ukrainian people. Read the best and the brightest, bro. Guy named President Diem went through the same thing. He was their golden boy until he's not. And then he's not. They said, oh, we'll get you out of the country. Well, you know what happened? In the truck on the way to the airport, when they got to the airport, they assassinated him in the truck. The United States government, okay, signed off by a guy named Jack Kennedy. Much to his, he later he said, well, you didn't tell me you're going to kill him, right? Well, you know, those things happen. Uh, you know, somebody got, uh, they, the guys already thought they had a better idea. Zelensky, don't, don't lecture us on reading memoirs of World War II. Go get a copy of the best and the brightest. Get it translated in Ukrainian and read, uh, read the chapter on P President Diem. Ben Harnwell. Hang in there when we get your social media when we get back. Take a short break. Back in a moment. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us.